the movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we land on the final letter and watch some satire. We also play a game in a new spin to our classic reboot rumors. It's time for Categorized. Oh, Ivana, we have come to the very end of the alphabet in Categorized. After four seasons starting our journey, we are finally closing our first category. It has been, like, I cannot believe it took four seasons to get to the end. I feel like we started in season two, though. Maybe. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe this was season two. Still, it's been forever. It's been a journey. And And now here we are. The mythical Zed. Zed or Z? Z. (laughs) For those American friends of ours, uh, we are landing on the letter Z. And I got to say, Ivana, this was a pretty easy category. Yeah, like there are enough Zed movies that I felt like I've seen enough that I was able to say not this, not that. But also like I liked what I liked and the rest of it wasn't very good. And I have to say, like, it was really easy to narrow that down. I think you're going to hear a little bit of crossover with these Zed movies. Oh, for sure. But I also think that you're going to be appalled at my choices and you're going to be less of me as a as a cinephile. All right. Well, let's just kick it off with Zombieland 2 that I know found its way onto your list. Yep, Zombieland 2 is apps. Wait, does does that mean it's on your list? Uh, no, Zombieland 2 is not on my list. But I knew when I saw it, looking up my Zeds, I knew it was on yours. <laughs> Look, Zombieland 2 is a great fucking movie. Like, that simple. That's all I have to say about it. Zoe Dutch is so funny. And just so perfectly 2009 that like the ways in which time moved on in this other world, but also stayed in 2009, because of course that was when the apocalypse happened. It just felt perfect and really well executed. And I mean, Tom Middlekirk doing his impression of like Jesse Eisenberg in that like whole little face-off thing they had man that was so funny so so funny i mean i disagree with so much that you're saying but we could talk about the original zombie land yeah that's on my list too so that's i on figured yours. that would be there uh <laughs> yeah. the original zombie land was i mean it was a groundbreaking zombie film this was one of the first dark comedies when it came to zombies and i i think it knocked people back it it took them for a little bit of a loop they didn't expect to see uh something so funny so so funny so funny like wow and talk about like blowing up jesse eisenberg and emma stone to legendary status i think that was the movie that really did it and i think so and and the people like really resonated with this movie so much so that 10 years later there's a sequel and it's great it's it's not but i respect 
that you think it is. <laughs> anyway, but, both but zombie right. lands are here. Zombie land was shocking. Like, I don't know how if you saw it in theaters, but I remember seeing it in theaters and just like being so shocked at how much I loved, loved this movie. And just the asides and the 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 sidebars of like I'm afraid of clowns and then the zombie clown uh, or all the rules and how Zombieland works. The mechanics of Zombieland as as like a place is bizarre enough. The Zombieland kill of the week like it was all just really, really fun. And I- I'm so happy that those guys went on to do Deadpool. It totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, so Zombieland is on my list. Let's talk about another one on yours. I I want to say Zodiac hit your list. Yeah, Zodiac did hit my list. Is Zodiac on yours? It is, definitely. So why why did you go for Zodiac? I thought it was just, like, a very compelling film. Definitely compelling. This is a serial killer story without a real ending to who the serial killer was. And it's more about the journalism and the journalist trying to track him down. But David Fincher, like it's, it's a gritty, interesting and really, really dramatic look at this high profile killer. Yeah. Like it it was really just fantastic, fantastic filmmaking acting. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal was great in it. Great film. I really have to see it again. It's been a while. Yeah, you definitely have to see it again. It, it's one that when I was looking up, uh, looking up stuff, I just was like, I need to watch that now. Um. So yeah. So I knew that would be on your list. I, I don't know if my last three will be. So why don't you just give me one that you think, uh, we might share if there's anything left. Well, can I, I think there's going to be one on your list that is definitely not on mine, uh, and that is Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty is definitely on my list. It was really dark, really gritty. I didn't even fully grasp it the first time, I think. Uh, it wasn't until the second time around that I really enjoyed it. And uh, I don't even know what prompted me to like watch it the second time, but... Jessica Chastain's performance and and what this movie represents to that moment in history of, you know, finding Bin Laden and and killing Bin Laden. Uh, it was it was a marvelous Catherine Bigelow vehicle. And I'm I'm I just loved it. It was very um war. Very war. Very war, very mission. Very mission. Uh, everything really I hate about war films. I, I generally, I think, don't love Catherine Bigelow's anything. Anything. Yeah, like, I can't, maybe I'm not thinking of the right stuff, but I feel like they're all very serious warlike things. Yeah, the bit, the Hurt Locker is also pretty war-ish, obviously. Yeah, ex- I did not like that movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, I... I can't. Oh, wait, I know what's on yours and not on mine is Zoolander. Yeah, Zoolander is definitely on mine. And uh, I'm not surprised it's not on yours, actually. Uh, Zoolander is just, you know what? I actually hated Zoolander like the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, 
I was like, oh, maybe it's okay. And then by the fourth time of watching it, I was like in love with this movie. I think it's something that kind of grows on you. And it's, I agree. It's smarter than it comes off. And, and it, you almost need to watch it multiple times to realize that it's not that dumb. It's actually kind of smart. Yes. Uh, and it's hard to get there personally because yeah. of how Ben Siller is in the film. Oh, you find him like, cause he's wooden as a, a little bit of a, yeah, I just, I, I just don't like watching him. Do you like other movies that he's in? Sure. I liked, uh, meet the Fockers and I genuinely can't think of another movie. <laughs> oh, um, I like night at the museum. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I liked, Oh, I really liked there's something about Mary. But these are normal roles for him. This is not a Zoolander role. No, Zoolander is very different. But I, I thought the script and the story was fantastic. And I I also thought that Hansel as a character, like he just like took Owen Wilson stole that movie. Like it was he was amazing. Owen Wilson and uh and Zoolander in the three way is a pretty hilarious moment. And now, yeah. Is that in the first one or the second? Oh, man. Now it, I can't. No, the three-way is the second. It's the second. Okay. The three-way is the second. And it's like very everyone's okay with their bodies. And it's and really, really funny. I just don't really go back to those movies very often. Uh, which isn't to say I go back to the last two on my list. But I think they're just, for me... Better films. And they're both Disney films. So one of them, you might be able to guess. What do I think? Both Disney Would films. Would you do Zootopia? Yes. Disney? Yes. Oh. Yes. Zootopia is on this list because this is a brave Disney animated film. This is a film about xenophobia. And it's shockingly good. And it's about everybody living in this utopia and you've got the carnivores and the vegetarian or the herbivores, I should say, or the omnivores all living together in perfect harmony. But somebody wants to screw that up by making the carnivores go back to where they were before everybody was civilized and living together. And all of a sudden, people are looking at carnivores a little bit differently. And there is literally a scene on a train where two, I don't think they're giraffes. They might be deers or antelope or something like huddle together away from a carnivore animal. And the carnivore animal feels really bad that he's making these other animals feel unsafe. It you was know, shocking. It was a really good movie. Like Zootopia was a lot of fun. It really is. And I mean, throwing Jason Bateman in there and he's he's a lot of fun to watch, I think, as uh, as the wily fox teaming up with the with the new police bunny. And, uh, you know, like that part is that part's just fun. But it really deep down is this film about racism and prejudice that we thought we overcame and we didn't. And that is why, like, for me, it is a Zed movie by Disney that is shocking. And it's amazing. And I'm so happy it's on the list. 
Nice. Good. Well, I'm so I like it was almost on my list, but I thought Zombieland Double Tap was better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't even begin to think what your last two are. So why don't you name one? I only have one left. Oh, perfect. That's even better. Uh, I don't feel as bad. Go for it. Zach and Mary make a porno. Okay. All right. That's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's a really good movie. Seth Rogen is great. Kevin Smith told a small story in his signature style and it worked. Like he, when he does those smaller films, it always works. He's very good at them. Um, and you get that awesome Justin Long cameo with uh, with Brandon Routh uh, yeah. <laughs> after his Superman yeah. debut. And, and uh, Elizabeth Banks is just like amazing. I feel like that's when I first ever conceived of her like that was the, the film that i knew her from yeah i mean it's it's a quirky movie it doesn't really feel like a kevin smith vehicle it's more like judd apatow i think but if it's like kevin smith doing judd apatow yes yeah. that's what it feels like yeah yeah so sometimes for me it, it doesn't works. feel all there but it, i think it's good i think it's it's a decent flick which is why when I say my last one on my list, everybody is going to look at me stupid because it's a Disney Channel film. And it is Z-O-M-B-I-E-S, Disney Channel's Zombies musical movie. Isn't that from this year? That's new. That's like a newish film. It is newish. Uh, I They just released a sequel that came out, I think, this year. Oh, that's but, what I was seeing. But okay. this one's the first one. And again, it's about a utopia where the zombies are a lower class, but they've they've got a substitute. They're not eating people anymore. They've got like a, a, a thing on their wrists that keeps their rage down. And, you know, Zed, I believe that's his name. I got to double check this real quick. Hold on. Yeah, his name is Zed. Is just so excited to be going to an integrated school. He is a zombie. He's stoked to be there. He meets this beautiful girl and she seems so accepting of him. And it's just rad. And then, of course, all hell breaks loose. And and it's like West Side Story of the, the zombie falling in love with the regular human and Ah, man, some of the musical numbers are really, really catchy, really great, but mostly it just feels really good. And again, it's a Disney film about racism and about class structure and about integrated schools. Where, where does that come from? I don't know, but it was great and it's a lot of fun. Well, now I kind of want to see this movie. All right, All so right. now we're going to narrow it down to our... Yeah, this is it. This is the moment where we say what our choice is. And unlike normal, I'm like ready to go. All I right, well, answer. you go first because I, I think yours might be... But would you just say yours and then, then I, I might change mine? Because I'm on Zombieland. the fence. Zombieland. All right, cool. I'm going to go with Zootopia then. Because Amazing. I was thinking Zombieland, but if you're going to go Zombieland... 
we made that rule where we both can't have it. And we cannot have the same choice. We have to have yeah. two different choices. Yeah. yeah. So Zombieland for you, Zootopia for me. And in the new year, we have a special. That's true. One of our first episodes of the year, like somewhere early in the year, we will um we'll be doing a little something, maybe a celebration of sorts. Uh, to mark the end of our first category. Yes. And it's going to be a really fun episode and we really hope that you like it. But hey, that's that's 2021. Let's get out of the dumpster fire of this year before <laughs> yeah. we we actually can run 2021 games and fun. So Jay, guess what I started? A new book. A new diet. A new diet. Okay. A new diet. Wait, wait, wait. Am, Why would you I'm start on, a diet now? It's it's holidays now. Yeah, but like it's also a pandemic. True, true. My holiday plans have definitely changed. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not doing anything all that holiday-ish. We're not going out drinking. We're just kind of home and uh, work is, you know, like it can be insane. So you never know. All right. So what is... Uh, do you know what is on this diet? Like it's, is it a dietitian giving you a diet? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I decided that like to get through the rest of this pandemic and like, I think just like coming to terms with the fact that it's going to be a long winter. I really wanted to put like this big focus on my health and also like, you know, shedding the pounds that i have gained during this time look pandemic has not i like the pandemic pouch is a thing yeah and so i don't want it to be a thing and so um what this dietitian and i are doing i did a, a fancy test called an mrt test which like tests whether or not you are reactive to like certain foods and then basically now I'm doing an elimination diet, but not one that's like this arbitrary set of rules or that arbitrary set of rules. It's like specifically what I, results I got back from this blood test. So what foods were you surprised that like had an impact on you? Zucchini, apparently. What? No more zucchini noodles? Apparently zucchini noodles are not my thing. Damn. And lentils? I eat a lot of you lentils. You eat a ton of lentils. Every time I visited you before pandemic, it was like, well, we have this massive, massive pot of lentils always going. <laughs> yeah. They have, they're high in fiber. Very healthy. So not... At, okay, so zucchini's out. Lentils are out. You'll probably have to find some, some sort of bean or something to replace that. Or are all beans out? Some are in... We don't... So the test tests for like common foods chemicals uh spices like a whole bunch of different things but it doesn't test everything so the idea is uh at first right now i'm eating only foods that i'm like not reactive to at all so like we know i'm good with yep. and then for two weeks i'm eating only these foods i can eat like four things so what is <laughs> One of the foods that surprised you that you definitely can continue to eat. Rice and potatoes. Any kind, all wow. that I want. Okay. 
I mean, yeah, I can, we like, would have we would have thought differently. Yeah, exactly. Um, wheat is like somewhere in the medium area, so I'm hoping I'll be able to eat bread still. Uh, but corn apparently not very good. Wow. Okay. So how long did the whole test start? Because this is, I mean, I'm sure our, our listeners and definitely me are interested in how this even came about. Like, how long are the tests? Is it so expensive? Is it pricey? It's pricey. I'm not going to lie to you. It's pricey. Um, But I think like when you're not feeling your best and like you feel like you've tried everything, sometimes you just kind of hit a wall and you think, I don't know what to do anymore. So I felt like that. And I just thought I could like give myself this gift. So it's, it's a blood test. It's so that part is pretty simple. Um, and then from the results of the blood test, you know, you, I work with a dietitian for the next like few months to sort of like first restrict my diet and then introduce stuff in like a measured and like, like in a specific way so that we can track, like, does this affect me negatively or positively? And do I feel good on it or bad on it? And you end up with a very like personalized, well food kind of system to live with at the end sounds great i have myself i not a diet but i'm doing a daily exercise of fitness boxing in my love that and i gotta say like it is a nintendo switch game that i bought and i was like ah, this is gonna be nothing it kicks my ass it drops me hard I just like am sweating bullets. So is it fun? It is fun, but it's real hard. And That's all, do they have more of these like exercise games? They do. Uh, I haven't. This is the first one I'm trying. And it's like you follow the rhythm. You got to keep up with the rhythm. It's almost like aerobics. And you are, you, you know, if your punch is off, it'll tell you that that is not okay or that is just good. But you want like as many perfects in a row as possible to keep with the oh, rhythm man. and yeah, I'm fun. not that coordinated. Like it is whenever fun. I take aerobics type group classes, I'm that person that you might as well. You're like, Oh, that's I'm in a sitcom right now. Cause this doesn't happen in real life. No, it does. I'm that person. See, now I want to see that. Mm, reboot rumors. We're taking this old favorite category of ours, reboot rumors, where we talk about movies that are, going to get a whole new facelift we have decided that we are going to like gamify our old reboot rumors and what you're going to hear are there are three rumors that we're going to give each and the other person has to guess which one is the true rumor two are fake one is real i'm very excited for this uh I don't know how good I did or bad I did, but I can tell you that I had to prepare for an inordinate amount of time to try to craft what I thought would be credible, like rumors that you might believe. And that's very difficult because I feel like you know everything. I, I, hey, who's to say? Who is to say here at all? So why don't you go first and we'll see how I do. All right. Question one, Evil Dead. Sam Raimi is going to direct, and this reboot is kind of going to go back to make a parody of a parody. 
and Bruce Campbell is going to be involved, but we don't know how. Very cool. Movie two, Flash Gordon. Taika Waititi is set to write this, and it's being done as an animated film. No cast decisions or director decisions yet. All right. Scarface. Al Pacino himself is directing, and Pedro Pascal, who is the star of Narcos, is in the headliner position. Okay, so I don't think it's Evil Dead because the Evil Dead remake already happened. Sam Raimi was on board, gave it the gave it the thumbs up, and Bruce Campbell made an appearance at the end, but I don't think he's coming back to direct, especially because his next project is with Marvel for Doctor Strange. So I don't think that will be an S. Now, two, what was your last one again? It was Scarface. Right, Scarface. I just don't see it happening. It's already a a reboot of a reboot. And people still get a lot out of that De Palma flick. So I don't don't think so. So I'm going to go Taika Waititi is, is writing a Flash Gordon animated movie. Yeah, that's correct. That's real. Boom. Good job. Deduction. Oh, this is going to be just <sighs> right. brutal. Okay. So my first one. In a recent table read for charity, the whole cast of Days and Confused actually got together, including Richard Linklater, who revealed he actually has a new Days and Confused movie coming out for the 90s. And it's going to be like a 90s version instead of the 70s version he already did. It has not been optioned, but he's written it, and he is excited to greenlight it. Uh, Number two, we've got Misery, which is getting a reboot. Like, remember Misery? Like, when we watched Misery? So good. Oh, yeah. Getting a reboot, but not as you think. It's going to be released as a television series, and they have Lizzie Kaplan from Mean Girls. She's going to be Annie Wilkes. And then finally, HBO Max has decided that they are going to reboot The Outsiders. The only person cast so far in like the titular lead is that guy from PS All the Guys. Do you remember? The, you know who I'm talking about, right? The um, I think you mean the, oh the two all the boys I've loved before to, to all the boys love interest. That guy, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, oh, oh shoot. What is his name? I didn't write his name down. Cause I thought I'd remember. And then I don't remember. Anyways, he's the only first casting, but Sean Baker, who is the director of the Florida project, he is going to direct and it's going to be released next October. Uh, Noah Centineo. That's the guy. Noah. That's, that's right. The guy. That's right. Hot. So he uh, is the only one cast so far in The Outsiders. I feel like I saw like BuzzFeed articles about with like different people playing the roles from Dazed and Confused. And so I'm going to say that one is the real one because I feel like I have literally read that. You are amazing, uh, but you are wrong, sir. No! I lied full on about Dazed and Confused, and I lied about Noah being in The Outsiders. In fact, HBO has come out and said, we will not be redoing The Outsiders, but Misery is getting a reboot in the form of a television series what? With, with Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan, Kaplan in the lead. Weird. Yeah. 
Oh my Weird. gosh, that was so much fun. That was so, so much fun. Can I just read off a couple of the others? Because I, I wrote a lot of I actual... have more. I have more. Let's do another round. Well, I don't have any more fakes, but oh, you don't did have you know fakes? Home Alone is being rebooted? I did not know that Home Alone was Christopher being Columbus is not happy about it. He's like, why? You will not be able to capture lightning in a bottle again. Why would you do this? Yeah, I agree. There's no need to redo it. No need. No need. I have more questions for you. Okay. Like more fake out questions? Yeah. All right. Well, give me one. Big trouble in little China. Dwayne Johnson is going to be in Kurt Russell's role. There's no director attached. Uh, but Dwayne Johnson has publicly stated that he wants John Carpenter involved in some way. That is true. And, damn it, you already knew that one. I knew that one. Well, <laughs> boo well, you. <laughs> did you know that Peter Dinklage has signed on for a reboot of The Toxic Avenger, which is not going to be made by Trauma Entertainment, that like schlocky uh entertainment like small indie production company it's going to legendary entertainment studios which is bonkers to me that toxic avenger but they didn't say peter dinklage is going to play toxic avenger just that he's in it that sounds really fun and also van helsing is being rebooted with james wan producing Oh, that'll be that. I'm actually very excited for. Okay, do you want another? another yeah, hit, hit me question? up with a, a maybe fake, maybe not fake. All right. Uh, actually, now that I have other fakes, I'm going to choose which one I think are the most likely to get you. Okay, uh, coming to America is getting a reboot. Uh, Eddie Murphy is going to write and star and uh, rumors are that it could be like a sequel, a future sequel reboot type. Um, and Chris Rock has actually signed on to direct. So coming to America is going to come out. It is a two with as in a sequel to in the title. Uh, so that's true. I know that. I, I, you can't stop me anymore. No, that was the fake that I made. What? No, coming to America is happening. Is that really happening? Yeah, it's happening. Coming. Is Chris Rock to, directing? To America. The two is the number in the title. Too funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was a good fake then. Yeah, that was a good fake. Reboot rumors lives on, everybody. Lives on. <laughs> It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. This week, we asked you to join us as we watch In the Loop, a political satire from 2009. The story starts with Simon, the British Secretary of State for International Development, accidentally supporting a war on a local radio station. This quickly enrages the Prime Minister, Director of Communications, Malcolm, who barges into Simon to explain that he needs to toe the line. But it's too late. Some big head honchos in Washington have already decided that Simon is an ally and lure him to Washington to use as a pillar of partisanship for the war to move forward. Simon, being used left and right, is also at the mercy of his new aide, Toby, a man who ends up leaking a confidential war committee meeting to CNN before sleeping with... Liza, who is the assistant to the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State to Diplomacy. 
Liza has also written a brief entitled Post-War Planning, Parameters, Implications, and Possibilities. The report heavily opposes intervention, noting the lack of intelligence except that which is coming from an unsubstantiated source known only as Iceman. A document that the Foreign Office accidentally leaked to the press, not realizing its importance, setting off an avalanche of the UN to get the vote passed earlier because this damning evidence would stop a war from happening. But in the end, the vote goes through, Simon and Toby lose their jobs, and through a cacophony of errors, war is declared. Jay, what'd you think? Uh, I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I think I had fun with it. Um, I didn't like it as much as I thought. Like, I think it's good. I think I wish I had seen it in 2009 under that George W. Bush just left the office and the presidency was very, very. And people were insane. very anti-war too. Yeah. And it, yeah. I think I would have uh, liked it a little bit more at that time. Did you just constantly think about Veep while you were watching this? Yeah, especially because there's some actors in it who are in Veep. Yeah, and that's the guy who did Veep. Which totally makes sense. But Yeah, this is like Veep before Veep. But to be honest, Veep feels better. That's the thing. So like... I also agree with you. I liked the movie, but I didn't love the movie. And I also kind of found it incredibly and utterly boring. Well, that's, that is the part of this, this film at, at, at some time, sometimes I was laughing and like moments were really, really joyous, really but good. The yeah. Equal amount of time. I was not laughing and I was a little like, where's the excitement? Where's, there is so lack of urgency. You are trying to push a war forward, but there is zero urgency or any sort of what would happen if a war happened. Well, but I think and I think that's the point though, right? So it's hard to get mad at the film for like what it's trying to satirize, but at the same time, it doesn't make for good filmmaking. Right. I mean, it really is just a bunch of regular people running the government and trying to cover their own asses as if they were at any regular job. Right. But the thing that is absurd about this is that they're the same people who literally start wars that kill all these other people. So like this idea that they're all talking about literally starting a war, but they're just bumbling through their jobs and there is no sense of urgency. It's very important, but at the same time, the film still suffers because it's fucking like great and boring at the, but like really boring at the same. Yes. It it's funny because this all gets rolling off a terrible interview that Simon gives off, off the get go. It's just like he does a terrible interview and now there's going to be a war Based on how, one, inept he is at his job. Yes. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is, and it's very, like, when you think about it, it's very dark. But, I mean, it had some pretty brilliant laughs. I loved, loved the one night stand followed by, a like, um, that aide, like, realizing that he's, like, in Eliza's home and she's gone. And yep. he gets to the meeting and she's, like, in the meeting and is 
obviously like baiting him. Like, oh, oh yeah, I totally that set you him. Would have known what had happened. Uh, you know, it's interesting because while I was watching it, I'm watching Simon in meetings, and he's he's very meek. Like, do not take my you know my booming deep voice on this podcast to think that I know everything there is to know about all the things. I'm actually very much like Simon when I get called on in an important meeting and I'm very nervous if I don't have the answer. Really? Yeah. I kept on seeing myself as Simon in these important meetings. I'm definitely more of an Eliza. Let's be honest. (laughs) But Eliza also is very organized, but is getting just railroaded by this, this woman who just flies off the handle any chance she can. It was amazing the interview or the meeting she's in where her teeth start bleeding. What a bizarre <laughs> moment in the film. From like bad gingivitis. Yeah, like bad gingivitis and and uh you know the adversary who wants to start a war and who is working to start a war with with Malcolm on the other side in Britain. It's like I just can't look at a woman with bleeding gums and 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 not and, and and keep the meeting going. This is absurd. And you're like, well, true. Like I couldn't watch that either. That's that is bonkers that your teeth that are this bonkers. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Another great moment is the like the the like very young man who is mis- called a child and like by Malcolm, you know, in that meeting. And, but Definitely. he's like actually not anybody's assistant. He's like the head of something. And Malcolm is just so angry that someone that young could be in such an important position. And he's, he just insults him at length. At length. Like it is like he berates him and he takes it like in stride. I want to talk a little bit about the language in this movie. If you're okay with me taking you down that route. Uh, That sounds fantastic. I mean, this movie is a script movie. Yeah. So so it's very, very script heavy. The swearing in this film is very important because everybody is F-bombing a lot, especially Malcolm, who is basically the bully of the British Parliament to everybody around him. And he is like flying off the handle with these insane things like, Horses cock and F-bomb this and like just. It's great. Man, there is a scene where he is on the phone screaming at someone and a, and an American tourist is like, hey, could you keep it down? And he's like, oh, fuck off. And he like walks away. And I was interested in why, because this is at its core, a workplace film. It is. And at my workplace, I don't, it's very seldom that I swear at work, especially with people on my team in a, in a fashion that's like, like if somebody delivers bad news, I'm like, ah, shit. But maybe that's the most I do. I'll, I, I'm pretty swear. I'd, I'd like to think I don't swear too much, but you know, sometimes I just swear and I really just never watch my tongue well and this sent me down now we've talked about the importance of swearing well not the importance of swearing we've talked about swearing before and how it elicits an r rating in uh in our country if you have too many f-bombs if you're 
you say the C word. And I, you know how I feel about swearing in movies. Like I, I don't have a problem with it, but I do believe in the rating system. But this has so much swearing in it that I wanted to understand why it would be important to the guy writing the script. And let me tell you, I found out some interesting things about swearing, period. So swearing is a way to be violent without actual violence. And isn't that Peter Capaldi's Malcolm to a T? That's actually shockingly, shockingly true about his character. Because he stands up to everybody with his swearing. But when the general walks up to him and threatens him, it is very much like, you got nothing here, pal. It's true. You're absolutely right. The other things that it, uh, it, it relates are, is stress relief. Now, we, we've talked a little bit about how we don't really see any urgency in what they're all doing. Like, there is to get the bill passed, but not a hell of a lot of urgency to make us really excited about an upcoming war or maybe not an upcoming war. It feels like monotonous in like the movie sets it up. So it feels like just like any other day. And I think that's important, but also that like kills it for the audience. Exactly. I I'm totally with you. Uh, but the base human emotion of, you know, delivering swearing actually has stress relief in attached to it. So you're in these stressful roles. Why wouldn't you swear to relieve stress? And, uh, genuinely this is a rabbit hole i went down because we watched this movie this movie that i just think is good and not great i was like you know what i want to learn a little bit more about why swearing is so important and those are the reasons i i i get the sense too that that that's probably what it is like to be in government like that government officials love to swear because it proves how edgy they are even though they wear suits and are literally literally in a bureaucracy and it gives them an appearance of power which is very important to everybody in this film yeah because it's like a jobs for power hungry people even though none of these people alone could do anything but somehow they're certainly doing a lot together (laughs) absolutely i like toby i was sad that toby lost his job at the end But he also, he leaked the story to CNN by accident. Yeah, he was pretty incompetent. (laughs) Well, I think they all kind of were a little bit incompetent. Maybe that's also part of the joke. (laughs) It really is like, you know, these conspiracy theories and they started a war with genuinely not having any evidence that there was any reason to start a war. They just were like, we want to start a war today. Yeah, yeah. I hate war. I maybe that's also what somehow ruined this movie for me. I didn't enjoy some of you're right. Some of it was genuinely funny. I cannot disagree with the craft of the the writing. Um and I really enjoy Veep and it's very much like Veep, but like at the same time I didn't like this movie and maybe it was because like I found it hard to laugh at the fact that I think that is how a lot of wars are, could be started. Interestingly enough, 
they don't really say what they're going to get out of this war. Like, what is the point of even doing this? There is no point. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Now, I said at the beginning of this that in 2009, it would have been interesting to, it was totally different political world, and it would have been really interesting to watch it. But with that said, Simon's life basically is cancel culture because he has to resign at the end, and then they go to war, and he's against the war, so he gets fired anyways because he's done all this stuff publicly that has been just, I mean... Everybody needs to be fired attached to him publicly anyway, because holy <laughs> crap, you're a terrible everything. But uh, I thought that was really interesting because we're living through moments of can- cancel culture. And that is essentially what happens to Simon. Yeah, but I, you know what? That's also like a pretty standard part of politics. You're right. Yeah. I mean, anybody can do. Well, I guess unless you're like Donald Trump and. You just get away with whatever the hell you want to say and whatever you want to do and until there's an election and you get voted out. Yeah. And then you try to burn down the house on your way out. Why did we watch this? Now I'm like super depressed. I know. This was not a fun movie. <laughs> this was not a fun movie to watch. Um, but with that said, lots of great reviews for this. It is like a highly scored film. Yeah. Well, because it's intelligent and smart and really well done and when you in think about it, like the more you think about it, the more you can appreciate this movie. Definitely. I agree with all of that. I just was bored and I'm not sure why I was bored because I also laughed. So it's, it's yes. like a three star I, for me tops. I think it's like a two and a half for me. That's it. That's all I've, I've got. Yeah. It's a middle of the road kind of film. All right, what are we going to watch next week? Let's let's do something happy next week. Yes. You know what? Next so uh next week is our last episode for the year everybody and then we're going to take holidays. Um as I'm sure everyone else is hopefully doing. Um so we're going to watch a, a holiday flick and I really want to watch this one. I haven't seen it yet. Jay, I don't know if you've seen it yet. It just came out this the past weekend. It's Happiest Season with uh, Kristen Stewart and with... Um, Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Thank you. Dan Levy. His character's name is David, and I'm literally watching <laughs> Six Shits Creek right now. Um, so, yes, he's in it, as well as Kristen Stewart, as well as that girl from Catch uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, she's really good. Mackenzie and- Davis and Aubrey Plaza's in it and Allison Brie is in it and Mary Steenburgen's in it. There are a lot of people in this movie. I have seen it and I'm I'm excited to talk about it with you because I've I've I think I've bugged you about it a couple of times to be like, let me know when you watch that. I want to talk to you about <laughs> it. Let me know when you watch <laughs> I think, that. I think you've sent no less than four messages asking, yeah. have I seen it yet? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that next week. And I hope you uh, watch it, too. You can rent it anywhere. Uh, And in the U.S., it's on Hulu. Hulu, which I just like I just subscribed to. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to check in next week for our season finale episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our talented voice actors, our sound effects, and our music. 
Ivana and I love hearing from you. So we built a website with just how you can reach us at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can also email us. Hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next week with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until then, friends. Do more. And watch more. Watch more.